the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. My youngest son in particular was very, very, very disturbed at those pictures. I mean, he would have nightmares. Since the Reproductive Health Act was passed in New York in January, it's just so blatant what they're doing that I thought, well, if they're going to be blatant, then we need to be blatant. We need to really put this in people's faces. In a culture as politically polarized and aggressively tribalized as ours, how do people change their minds? I'm Georgie Borman, a mother, author, and cultural commentator born and raised on the West Coast. I want to know what we can learn from people who've been on both sides of contentious issues, whether they end up on the right or the left. That's what this podcast is about. Welcome to the 180Cast. They would sometimes literally hold their their hands up to keep their eyes from seeing it. And what that told me right off the bat was it's having an impact. Welcome back to the 180 cast. I'm your host, Georgie Borman. In the last 180 cast interview, you might remember we talked about incrementalism versus abolitionism in the anti-abortion movement. And more specifically, our guest, John Speed, um, addressed what he sees as the folly of the pro-life movement in its tactics and its uh, sometimes its active opposition to preaching the gospel. John said he... He even sees the pro-life movement as heading backward in its embrace of incrementalism, of the baby step method, as the way to end abortion at some point, some unknown point in the distant future. But now he sees the idea that abortion must be ended now as what we really should be going for, and that you got you to gotta push for total abolition now, demand it now and get as much as you can versus really embracing the idea that you have to take baby steps, both in terms of rhetoric and in terms of policy in order to slowly get uh, Americans used to the idea that abortion is wrong. So today we are wading even deeper into the controversy by zooming in on a more specific controversial tactic used in anti-abortion efforts, and that is the use of graphic imagery and bearing witness to the truth about what abortion really is, and more specifically, putting such imagery in front of women who are heading in and out of the abortion clinics and who may have just gotten an abortion or are going in to get an abortion and are very, very sensitive to Um, that kind of imagery, given what they're doing that day. Before we get started, don't forget that you can subscribe to the 180 cast and follow us on social media at 180 cast. We release new episodes every Friday and every other week is an interview just like this one where we talk to people who have radically shifted their opinions on important issues just like this one. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into part two with Pastor John Speed. We talked before about talking about 
this issue, this other controversial issue besides, you know, uh, immediate abolition and, and prosecuting women for murder, um, this issue of using graphic imagery, right? Because if we want to talk about strategy, then we can talk about strategy. But there are so many, you know, um, a lot of the displays that you see out on the corner, there's, there's actually a group that lives close to where I live that tends to put up um, a lot of these, these images, uh, these post-abortive images of, of what the baby looks like once it's been dismembered all over the place. You know, they'll put it up, um, you know, if there's going to be like a 5K run or whatever, and they know the route, they'll, they'll put it along the route and things like that. And I, you know, like we've talked about, you know, um, Matt Walsh and Sean Hannity and, and people like that. Well, even Ben Shapiro, I was actually somewhat surprised that he said recently, I think at an event that he used to think that those displays were, were gauche. You know, they were ugly. They were totally inappropriate and vulgar. But then he rethought it and he thought, well, you know, if you hate it so much, maybe you should do something about it. Maybe you should do something about the baby killing, which was refreshing to hear. But I personally have always had um, a conflict, an internal conflict about this because I want to be... I want to meet people where they're at, but also we we need to contr- confront people with the truth. And where I get stuck, I guess we can talk about this in a minute, is is when it when it comes to um, presenting those things to children. So, you told me that your perspective has changed on this. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Like, how did you come to think that that was the that that is something that we should be doing um, in advocating against abortion? Yeah, my um, my thought was similar to yours. I would say when I started, you know, going to the clinics, I've the guy that I went with when I started going, he had the graphic pictures, and obviously, when you're out there in public, people drive by and you know they'll they'll stop their car and roll their window down when you have them out there, and they'll really chew you out for it for a number of reasons. And so at first, I think I saw the negative reaction to the pictures as being so emotional and so strong that perhaps it even in some way took the attention off of what was happening there in a weird way. That was my, that was my logic, okay? That if I could talk to people in a little more calm, settled way, in a more peaceful way, then I might be able to get further with them. Sort of like what the pro-life movement <laughs> largely says about these sorts of things. And so I, I kind of took that that to heart. And the other thing is like maybe what you just alluded to, my family goes with me when I go to the clinics. And my youngest son in particular was very, very, very disturbed at those pictures. Not so that he was crying, but he would get furious, angry. And I I would take one uh, graphic image with me when I went, and I would keep it sort of behind my other uh, posters, and if I got into it with somebody that was claiming that you know abortion was okay, then I would bring it out for the shock value, but I would only use it in those cases. Mm-hmm. And so I went from not using them at all to using them in cases where people were just being completely unreasonable. And then more recently, this has just been in the last seven months or so, 
since the Reproductive Health Act was passed in New York in January, I mean, it's just so blatant what they're doing that I thought, well, if they're going to be blatant, then we can, we need to be blatant. You know, we need to really put this in people's faces and let them really see what's happening here with this. And so that's been my thought process or my change over over time. Um, my my son still doesn't like him. You know, he's quite a bit older now than he was when we first started going. But, you know, he understands that people need to see this, that this is actually what's happening. If you just look at that building from the road, the lawn is very nicely manicured. It's a nice-looking building, but death is happening inside of there. And I, th I think, you know, then you can ask that question that Ben brings up to the people. Why does this bother you? <laughs> why, why is it, if this is just nothing, no big deal, then why are you bothered by that? You, you shouldn't care. You know, I could be holding a sign with an ice cream cone on it. Um, it's just nothing, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's what you believe. So, yeah, that's where I've gone with that. So, how old is your son? See, he is uh, 13 now, so he started going with me when he was five. And so, when he was five, that's sort of when he had this visceral reaction to it that it made him angry. What was his, what, I mean, as much as a five-year-old can reason, what was, what was his real opinion on it? The fact that they were using it or the fact that it, um, he was mad about what was actually happening in the he abortion clinic? He was mad clinic. about what was happening. He was mad that people would kill babies and, and he, it disturbed him. I mean, he would have nightmares um about it yeah see that's the thing that's the thing that gets me and that's the thing that i worry about as a parent because i have a an almost three-year-old so i'm wondering you know what is the level of exposure and and contextualization for young kids to make this something that they don't have to be scared of and have nightmares about but also that they understand what's going on i mean what what is the proper age I mean, I guess what what are the what are the guidelines based off of your experience using these? What are what are the guidelines for for teaching your children about abortion and like the the ugly truth about it? I think there's a couple of things. First of all, I think you want to be careful not to dwell on it so much that it's the only thing that you talk about that <laughs> that it's the only thing that you are concerned about. When it's like that, what we're doing is, I think, essentially making an idol out of it. I think we can become so obsessed with it that it can drive us a little bit crazy. We have to focus on God. We have to focus on Christ and who he is. We have to enjoy the good things in life that we have that come from God's love for us. Mm -hmm. Our families, you know, taking time with them. We have to be balanced, I guess, is what I'm saying as we approach it. That will help a lot. You know, if you've got signs of aborted babies just laying around the house just all the time. Um, that would disturb even me. Sure. Just, it would disturb me, too, but I've seen some things, you know. I'm, I, I just, you know, so there's that on the one hand. On the other hand, I think what you have to do is just really be sensitive to where your kids are at. I think it helps with him at five. He didn't really understand 
exactly how what was going on there, how how they did the dismemberment and all that. Maybe even at that time, even why the parents were doing that. As he got a little bit older, I think maybe when he was around eight, nine years old, I think he understood that. I think I probably could have made the switch back then with him because I think he understood, you know, better mm-hmm. what's happening there. So I think it's a matter of just knowing where your kids are at and making sure that they understand how those babies ended up the way they do on the sign. You know, why uh, their parents are doing this, why it's mainly selfishness. And I think that probably has a, has a lot to do with making, guiding them through that, I guess. So what about when abolitionists or or pro-lifers in general are are witnessing in in public places where there are lots of children around, like let's say they're at a fair and and they have these, you know, blown up pictures that are quite large, um, these graphic images. What about that situation? Because in that sense, you're not, you know, sort of controlling the contextualization for your own children and and teaching them about what's going on, but you're exposing other children to it almost in in like a drive-by way. Does it is it still appropriate to use those images in that situation where it's sort of just open for everybody to see, no matter you know if they stop to listen to what you have to say or not? I, I struggle with that scenario myself. Because I can see both sides of it. Uh, generally speaking, because of the reaction in my own children, in my own son in particular, I tend to just not do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's not something I do. Um, I don't take signs out to affairs where, you know, it's a family event. I tell you, I think if you go out there, for that matter, in this culture, if you go out to an event like that with the a baby who is alive in the womb, people freak out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Really? They just don't like being confronted with the idea of abortion at all. Man, babies mm-hmm. are murdered here. That sign doesn't even have a single gr- image on it. It's just letters, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've had people pull over and scream at me for that sign. So you're saying maybe that's those sorts of things are enough to sort of agitate the conscience that in family situations, you don't have to go all the way. No. Right. I, I lean in that direction. And I may be inconsistent in that, and I'm willing to admit that, but I believe that it makes sense. You know, the gospel is going to offend, truth is going to offend, but we don't have to be offensive. And I think in that regard, at least this is where I'm at right now, I wouldn't do it. However, when it comes to, say, like a, a, an event or affair that goes late into the night, and it's not a family event, and you're dealing with just mainly adults that are out there that can happen like in like Oktoberfest or those sorts of events. They're mainly there drinking. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no holds barred, you know, let it rip because you know, they need to see it. Yeah. There was a couple of months ago. Um, there was this graffiti artist. I think he goes by the name unsavory agents, or at least that's, that's what he's called on Instagram. He, blew up this this massive like poster and he covered up part of a mark jacobs billboard that had miley cyrus on it um and and she's you may have seen this picture on on 
social media, but she's sort of eating a cake and the cake says, I think it says abortion is healthcare. And he covered up the cake with this, this dead child. It looks like maybe late second trimester or third trimester child, um, you know, covered in blood, still intact, but covered in blood and, and on a plate. And so he, completely covered the cake with that and that was a massive billboard you know like next to the highway where everybody can see it and when i saw that i was just very conflicted because i'm like man like people need to be confronted by what this is because the image had already gone viral you know people knew what the cake said before and now they're seeing this image and i'm like people do people do need to be like agitated in a way to for their conscience to sort of wake up from complacency but at the same time like there are kids in car seats that are one like two three years old that can see that um i mean is that is that appropriate because like it has such wide reach right so there's going to be some kids that might see it but thousands and thousands and thousands of adults who might see that and be like oh you know sort of shocked by the the truth of what exactly that is yeah, and again, it's another one of those cases where I go back and forth on it because I see the value of doing it in the sense that, man, it really exposes what she's really doing, you know, what she's really saying. But on the other hand, I struggle with it because of the children that would see it. So I'm not sure I have a real good answer for that other than I respect. I wouldn't do it per se, but those who do, I wouldn't go against them. I used to be different on that. If I, <laughs> I used to be very different on that. If I differed from people on methodology, I would really call them out. And when I was younger, and um, I've learned over the years that you know motive is a big deal. You know why people do what they do. You have to take that into account. And I'm not going to answer to God for what they do. I'm going to answer for what I do. And if I differ from them on that, then, you know, hey, that's between them and God. And I can certainly understand their motive. And so I at least won't get in the way of it. I, I think that's a good way to be. <laughs> I, I think, uh, you know, in, in relationships, as you get to know people, you can have these kinds of conversations like you and I are having right now. And, you know, uh, who knows? Maybe they change their position like I have changed mine in different ways. So I'm willing to trust God on that and and w what their conscience dictates to them, I guess. Yeah. Go going back to the graphic images outside the abortion mills, though, when you started doing that, what, what did you notice was different? Um, and why did you continue to do it? What I noticed was different, uh, the, the immediate reactions from the people driving by was that, you know, they would just shield their eyes from it. They would either turn their heads or they would sometimes literally hold their, their hands up to keep their eyes from seeing it. And what that told me right off the bat was it's having an impact. You know, it's having an impact where they are forced to think about this unpleasant thing and a little bit of shock value when it comes to this issue is is a good thing right about now we we had in when i was mentioning those uh those two saves and two saves in two days that we had we were using a graphic sign out there right at the where, where they turn to come into the parking lot they have to slow down because 
the grade is so steep that if they don't slow down and practically stop, they'll scrape their oil pan against the bottom of the of the driveway. So they they have to stop right there. And we were using a graphic, a large graphic sign there from End Abortion Now that day. And um, I think that may have had some. I mean, every time somebody pulled in, they saw that sign. And um, I think in some way they're they're quite effective for some people. Um, and so I wonder about that. I can't prove that, but I, I did notice that we were using that sign that day right there at the driveway. So I think it has an, I think it can be very effective as well. So going back to sort of the, the traditional pro-life argument, does, do you think that, you know, for maybe some people will be convic- convinced by this, but what if it's driving even more people away because they're so offended? What would you say to that? Well, um, again, I think it's an issue of theology driving methodology. I think when we believe that God is the one who changes hearts, and we also believe that people are inclined toward evil, our dependence is completely on God. Um, I think that putting that image out there, showing people what it is. I don't know that the image makes as much difference, has as much power. I might even be contradicting myself here somewhat. I'm I'm okay with that because I struggle. Some of these things just are things we have to struggle through. Yeah, I mean, we don't always have all all of the answers all figured out. Not always consistent. But I'd say that ultimately it's God that changes hearts, right? So... You know, it's it's not so much the approach as it is that the gospel is being proclaimed. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think that's what really changes hearts. Um, you could have a, you know, pray to end abortion sign out there. You could have a graphic sign out there. The gospel is being preached. That's what's going to change the heart. And so that's where I keep coming back to my faith in God's ability, even if I'm doing something wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, you know, the, the pro, those in the pro-life movement would say, well, no, you're forcing them in there. Well, I may not be doing everything exactly right. I don't think anybody does when they go out there. It's God that changes the heart. And so we need to be as biblical and as accurate as we can be, but the results are God's. And so I think we can rest in that a little bit, not beat ourselves up too much about it. Theology matters. there's a lot to think about thank you for joining me for this double header i i really do appreciate it um hopefully this you know i'm praying that that somebody will listen to this and sort of reevaluate how they're they're thinking about the issue because you know in my opinion politically this is the hill to die on um culturally this is the hill to die on so Thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate your time. Yeah. You can hear John's sermons on Sermon Audio. That's J-O-N-S-P-E-E-D. Also, go watch Babies Are Murdered here. It's available on YouTube. Again, I, I really, really strongly encourage you to watch that. If you're on the fence about anything, especially if you want to know more about the the, the rationale behind abolitionism and these sorts of 
you know, this theology and this sort of approach, definitely watch that. You can call the 180Cast flip phone at 323-999-1802. So if you are flipping your lid over this episode because you're so mad at me or you're so mad at Pastor John Speed, go ahead and give that a call at 323-999-1802 or you can share a 180 story of your own, especially if it relates to this episode today. Don't forget you can follow the podcast at 180cast on Twitter and Instagram and you can also like our Facebook page. You can follow me on Twitter at Georgie underscore Borman where I opine on a variety of topics and abortion is definitely among those things. I also write about abortion quite frequently for The Federalist where I am a senior contributor. Until next time, seek the truth, share your values, and listen with your heart and your mind. God bless. Executive produced by Kevin McCullough. Music by Ruthie Kraft and Joachim Nordenson. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.